Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13th volume of the Nighttime Podcast's listener-contributed Encounters with Creeps series. If you haven't heard the prior Encounters with Creeps episodes, here's what we're up to. A long time ago, I asked Nighttime listeners to share their stories of unpleasant experiences with people they consider to be creepy. And, well, the stories continue to pour in, and I welcome every one. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, Madeleine Klein and I are going to present the next batch, our 13th volume of listener-contributed Encounters with Creep stories. We're going to hear some stories connected to photography, stories set in workplaces, some random encounters, and of course a bunch more. So let's not waste any time, let's get into another round of Creep Encounters. Ms. Madeleine Klein, fancy meeting you here. It's yeah, it's been a while since we've been live. It yeah, we're recording this live on YouTube after the birth of your beautiful baby girl. We've backed away from live streaming our recordings on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel for fear that all hell would break loose. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, so let's roll the dice. Why not, eh? I'm into it. I'm as we're saying that I think I can hear her crying, but it might be a phantom cry. It might just be me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got to get into it here. We have a busy night ahead of us. We're here for our 13th volume of listener-contributed Encounters with Creeps. I say this every time, but I don't know. This one may be the craziest. That scares me because we've had some pretty cringy things. We don't intentionally choose a theme, but it seems like the stories kind of fall on a theme. I I like tonight's theme because I, I went to school for photography and there's for whatever reason, a lot of stories about photography in this episode. I've heard of some weirdo photographers, so I'm interested to hear if it's the photographer or or what's happening here. Okay. So, Well, let me just tell you, we, we get both sides of it. But we always Excellent. start not with a listener-contributed creep story, but instead with a creep that's in the news. In volume 12 of this series, we heard fella in his car wearing like a, I guess, a vibrator, trying to get kids in his car. And I thought this is the darkest story that has ever happened in Canada. And I think you thought so as well. Yes. I I didn't think it could get worse. Well, a man in the Ottawa Valley says, hold my beer. Because this I, that I'm going to tell you now, I read this story in the news and I thought this has to be one of those weird fake news websites because this is just too salacious and obscene to be a real story. Oh, my God. So I started looking for other news outlets covering this case and there wasn't much like mainstream like the you know cbc or whatever covering it but there was enough like local papers and stuff covering this and i'm like oh my god this is true this is legit let me just read this story uh i'm not going to go through the whole thing because it is so bizarre and disgusting uh the headline will give it away ottawa valley chip truck man admits to bestiality ring and extortion oh my god <laughs> so that's what we're going to start with the uh, the he- the for someone who doesn't know a chip truck is one of those like a food truck you sell french fries out of this man in this story uh was well known in this small town because he had like a a French fry selling truck parked on his front lawn and people would you know stop in front of his house and buy fries from the guy so here's here's the story 
A boy with autism was 15 when he took a summer job at Steve Cernowski's chip truck in Round Lake Center, a lakeside hamlet in the Ottawa Valley. Cernorski, a retired TTC trackman, and the TTC is the Toronto Transit Commission, so he would have worked on the railway for Toronto Transit. Uh, Cernorski, a retired TTC trackman, didn't waste time when it came to grooming. First, it was sexualized comments, then a free supply of booze and weed, then a shower of gifts and cash in exchange for sexual favors. But the situation descended even further into the darkest depths of grooming, exploitation, and sextortion at the hands of the 60-year-old Cernowski. Cernowski is not your ordinary sextortionist. He ran a bestiality ring in which he pimped out dogs, mostly St. Bernard's, to be raped. Cernowski took a photograph of the young impaired man engaged in an act of bestiality with one of the dogs wearing nothing but a tie and a cowboy hat. The chip truck owning man then used that photograph as extortion for sexual favors from the boy. In threatening texts, Cernorski said he'd send the image to the young man's family and friends, call the police, report him to the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals so that they'd seize his own dog and run him out of town with, with bad publicity if he didn't come over for what Cernorski referred to as hot tub, hot tub fun and pup fun. In the end, and this is so, so far, very disturbing. The end of this story, though, he uh, karma does get him in a way. In the end, Cernowski's undoing comes when he exacted revenge against the boy out of jealousy. It was November 12th, 2020, and Cernowski was jealous that the young man was meeting up with another man at a hotel in Pembroke with that man's dogs. And he was so jealous that he contacted the Ontario Provincial Police to report an act of bestiality at a hotel. When the police got to the room, they found the two men and two dogs, but there was no evidence of bestiality. Detectives then followed up a few days later with Cernorski at his home, and it is then that Cernorski himself shows that long-kept extortion photograph to the police, the image showing the man, the well, then boy, engaged in bestiality in his basement. With that evidence, Cernorski ends up being charged with arranging the rapes of four dogs and for extortion of the, of the boy. He ends up pleading guilty to bestiality, specifically for facilitating multiple rapes of dogs and the extortion. The judge, the judge told the court, "I see a lot of disturbing story. I see a lot of disturbing cases, but this tops them all. This is truly revolting." His defense lawyer made a point of telling the court that none of the dogs required medical treatment after the rapes. Cernorski, and this is the part that's going to make people in the Ottawa area feel good, he's now back at home in his community about 160 kilometers west of Ottawa. The chip wagon in the front yard is gone, but there are beware of dog signs in his windows. Oh my god. <laughs> is, that, is that nuts? I hate to that laugh. Is... It's like it's so bizarre and disturbing and it's it's something out of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. Yeah, that is the most dark thing that I think I've heard on this channel or this this series, I should say. Yeah, and it, uh, it the article's from the Ottawa Citizen, and it goes way more in depth of what actually happened and what was going on, and it's stuff I wouldn't even say on air. Oh, those poor dogs! Oh but do you, do you see why I kind of questioned if it was even real? Oh, it sounds like it's like clickbait. Yeah, it does sound like clickbait. And so I don't think any of the stories that we're going to hear from our listeners are going to top that in terms of disturbing and just criminal, criminal. But we do have some wild stories that 
I think they like what I, I like to start with something really wild like that, because when we get into the listener stories, they all hint to like, what's this person capable of? Is it something like this Steve Sornorsky guy? Uh, we'll see. Oh, and that's just horrifying. I can't get over this. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I'm, laugh I'm laughing because I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable. Well, here we go. We have a couple themes we can choose from. We have stories that involve work. We have random encounters, which is a common thread. This is just like Jeopardy, right? Where you choose your category. We have work stories. We have random encounters and we have stories that involve photography. Let's start off strong with the photography for 200. You want to jump right in? All right. So we can choose. So if we choose the photography category, you can choose a photo lab creep in Florida, dick pics galore. Nice. Or Liz's wading pool creep. Let's start with the photo lab. Oh, I love a photo lab. We're both 30 plus, I'm 40 plus. I know what a photo lab is, but I have a feeling if someone's listening to the show and they're like 18, 19, they may not know what a photo lab is. That's somewhere where you go back in the day to get photos developed. You would bring like a canister of film there from a camera and they would print it off for you. You're correct. It's like only Walmart and like London drugs. You can't get photos developed really anywhere else anymore. Well, I, people just don't really do it. I do, but that's, well, like two years ago, I was at work and I worked with this young man who was 15. And I told him that we used to get our like disposable cameras developed at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. And he had the audacity to look at me and say, oh, wow, you are old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wasn't even 30 yet. <laughs> yeah, I went to, I told you I went to school for photography. A huge benefit for me at that time was my younger sister worked at a photo lab in a grocery store. And so what I would do is I give her my film. And at the end of the day, if they had extra capacity, she'd do it for me at cost. So I was paying like nice. next to nothing to develop my film, which as a photographer allowed you to experiment in a way that didn't cost a lot of money because you had to pay. Oh, that is, that's had, nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but but uh, let's hear what happens in Florida. When you, when you get a creep story coming in from Florida, expectations are high. Oh, you know, it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm glad we're starting with this one. Here we go. Hi, I'm from Florida. And this all takes place in a one-hour photo lab in Orlando, Florida in the early 90s when I was in college. And what a great time it was to be alive. Love developing Disney photos. <clears throat> anyway, I would work about a half day in the photo lab after classes to pay for, like, gas or beer or ramen noodles. And, um, I was 19 at the time. And one day a guy came in, um, to drop off his film and rather than come back later, he was, um, he wanted to stay till it was finished developing. Anyway, he had that look. Most girls will know what that means. So my coworker saw who it was and said, Hey, take care of Dr. I'll just call him creepy. He's a good customer. So sometime later, his picture starts sliding up the side of the machine. No Disney pictures. Apparently, this guy would take nude photos with various um, backgrounds and props every year on his birthday. Why he did not have a Polaroid, I am... Uh, not aware, 
but um, possibly because he was a creeper. About a week later, I decided to piece the fuck out of that place. Anywhere. This my creep story from the early 90s in Orlando, Florida. And I hope you enjoyed it. Love you guys. Bye. We love you too. Uh, but, but no, I did not enjoy your story. I don't like hearing about yeah. naked creeps. <laughs> uh, and like every year for his birthday. What a creep. What a- <laughs> well, the, oh the creepy part is. Like, I think he spared her. Who does he show those photos to? And like, and here's me when I'm 34. And here's me when I was 35. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my penis when I'm 36. Uh, <laughs> and, we, and she made a point yeah. of being like different backgrounds in props. So I want to like, I want more information. Like, what do you mean by backgrounds? What Was there like a yearly theme or what's going on? Yeah. And, props? and how did he take these photos? I'm picturing him setting it up on a tripod and arranging like this elaborate background in his props. Like you could go dirty and be like, he has dildos and all this stuff, but maybe his props are even more absurd. Like he's in his kitchen and he's holding like, you know, a pot and a stir, a spoon or something just completely nude, covered in flour. <laughs> oh God. No, I, I, that's not even it's creepy. It's a baking that, theme this year. Yeah. That's not creepy though. That actually would be kind of fun. <laughs> um, for who? Like, uh, I, yeah. For who? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, sorry. It would be fun if it wasn't for the whole like nude part. True. No, this this doesn't surprise me though. The whole photo lab thing. Back in the day when I got mine developed, um, my it was actually one of my sister's friends. He worked at the grocery store photo lab, and he would just do them for me for free. And I was like, good guy, <laughs> but. Uh, I asked him, I was like, do you ever see bizarre things? And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Weird stuff, nudity. It's all good. But they have to, like, report anything they see that's, like, criminal. Which Mm. leads me to believe that it's happened many times. Yeah. Uh, My sister had told me the same. She said, we see all the time, like, you know, very personal photos that someone would have taken with their partner. And But back then, like, nowadays... I'm not going to like kink shame. A lot of people like do that sort of thing, but you have a digital camera. So it's, it all stays in the comfort of your own home. Back then you could buy a Polaroid camera, I guess. But a lot of people were just like, I'm just going to drop it off at the photo lab. Get the hell out of there. They just, yeah. <laughs> you send someone else to go pick it up. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> um, well now, now it's, it's much easier. And I was actually faced with this dilemma at one point because I, you're, you're, you're looking at me. <laughs> um, so like I got, um, for my husband, when we got married, I got like a bridal boudoir shoot done. Okay. So I ordered those photos online and got them shipped right to my house. So like, I didn't have to bear okay. the, the London drugs. I, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you, but for like a, a marriage kind of gift or something, you would think that by that point. I'm just trying to understand. He would have seen it all, though, by then, right? Well, yeah, but not in, like, a veil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe I won't continue to. Why do things keep coming out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing about you, is you think a couple seconds slower than your mouth. So we get in That's all correct. sorts of funny places. Uh Thank God. you for sending the the creep from the photo lab. And I'm sorry that you had to see 
this doctor's junk on his birthday. Uh, and I, I want to put a call out to more ex photo lab employees. Hell yeah. We could do one episode probably just on weird stuff they've seen. And I'd love to hear about it. Certainly. Cause we've, we've uncovered a lot of like hot spots of creep encounters. Certainly working in a hotel is one. Yeah. Working in a public pool is one. We've had several stories of public pools. I bet you the bars. photo lab bars for sure. Like if you're a waitress, we've had sections of those of the series from waitresses and wait staff i think working in a photo lab is like an untapped creep stories market so yeah get at us let's move on to a story that i call dick pics galore oh this is gonna be good <laughs> and that could probably also be a genre of these stories but let's hear this one so i used to work for two brothers they owned a uh, a juice bar and a tanning salon so i would go back and forth to both so I want to stop for a second. If you own a juice bar and a tanning salon, <laughs> you're all, like, I can picture what you're like already in my head. You definitely drink like creatine shakes, you know, like the workout yeah. shakes. Um, anyway, let's get back to it. I thought I thought I didn't hear that right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was about 22 and one of the brothers was 30, 35. Um, I got a, one day he asked me, hey, I'm doing some modeling do you think I could send you some photos and you could pick out like the top five and then I'll send those in for whatever modeling gig he was doing. And I said, sure. Yeah. Send them over in an email and I'll let you know. Um, well, I opened my boss's email and there's about 60 photos of him, butt naked with a raging boner, like all like <laughs> girl, like dick pics, every single one of them. And I was like, Oh my God. God. Um, I was so uncomfortable. I never replied to it. I just went back to work, pretended nothing happened. And not to mention, I looked in the search engine right after he left work, all like barely 18 porn, uh, super young girls, very, very, very uncomfortable. So that's my story. Yeah. I, I think that's just a really, um, a really bold way to let someone know you're interested in having sex with them. I was looking for the right word. Bold is good. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to know what he thought was going to happen. Was she going to like reply to this email and be like, can I come over? Yeah, these like, are amazing. <laughs> and there's 60 of them. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, <sighs> it's um, it's certainly uh, an act of uh, come coming on to her. There's no way this is a sincere needing help figuring out which are which are the appropriate photos i wonder what if there was some kind of modeling agency or somewhere he was sending these photos what ain't the no way no. ain't no way if anything it's it's like some weird like uh kinky dating site or something maybe yeah uh, porn hub nothing I, yeah i think he was just hoping something wild was going to come out of his bold move of sending a whole bunch of naked photos of himself to his employee Oh, and there has to have been more. Like he, there, he for sure sent that out to many young girls that he knew, and they were just too scared to talk about it amongst themselves. Yeah, I don't like this guy owning his juice oh. bar and tanning salon. Oh, would you go to this guy's tanning salon? Oh, and now I'm just picturing him as like this orange, like muscular, <laughs> juice drinking. It's like stinks <laughs> of carrot juice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Carrots are an amazing aphrodisiac. Drink this. 
and look at these photos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. And like, I want to know, did he take them? Like, I want to know more. Did they take, did he take them himself? Was this like a legitimate shoot? No, or... it was not legitimate. The, the juice bar <laughs> tanning salon owner did not have a legitimate photo session from a modeling agency of his penis. Oh, no, no. He could have just like hired a photographer himself. Mm, I didn't think this was a legitimate modeling career. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was trying to break out into the porn industry. Who knows? But he's he's barking up the wrong tree. He's sending them to the wrong people. <laughs> it seems, yeah. As creepy as that guy is, at least it doesn't involve children like our next story does. So we're, we're going to oh, no. end our photo series our photo section of the show by hearing about hearing from Liz who worked at a public pool, a wading pool, which is like kind of like a shallow pool for children to splash around in, in a kind of a public park. Here it comes. I love the encounters with creeps episodes of nighttime. And I appreciate you for providing a platform for people to tell their stories of trauma. I hope you keep it going as a regular feature of this podcast. While I do have my own stories of creeps approaching me personally, this is a story from when I was 18 years old in which I found myself in a situation where I had to protect much younger children from potentially pedophilic creeps. In 2013, I was working for the Toronto Parks and Recs as a lifeguard at a wading pool down by the lake. It was a concrete pool about a foot deep, and most of the patrons were toddlers and babies because... The Sunnyside Swimming Pool is like right next door, and that's where older kids tended to go. Um, in Toronto, it's not illegal for children under the age of five to be nude in public, uh, but it wasn't very often that this would happen. Um, I think it maybe should be illegal just for their protection. Anyway, I couldn't tell you how many times over the summer that I had to ask people to please not videotape or take photos of the children in the pool. This is random men that just come into the park without kids with them and take images of the kids playing in the water. It happened multiple times over the summer. One man told me he was collecting stock footage for the Weather Channel. Another told me that, oh, oh it's okay because I'm not, I'm not taking pictures of their faces, just their legs. Uh, one time, a couple who uh, brought their kid there said that they were fine with their child being filmed. And I had to, I made them take a, I made them take a video of them giving consent so that uh, the government would be held liable for the footage being taken. Um, maybe they believed him that it was innocent. I guess maybe it could have been, but uh, sometimes the men would just leave really quickly. Uh, one guy just left on the bike trail going towards a different waiting pool. And I knew the lifeguards down at that waiting pool. And I heard later from them that he just, went over there and started filming the kids over there too. And they also had to ask him to leave. Anyways, I uh, just found this very, very disturbing, the frequency of creeps trying to get pictures of kids in bathing suits. Um, so I guess this is a PSA to parents who take their kids swimming. Um, just watch out for onlookers. I don't know. Be careful out there. That Another reason to be careful at any public pools or any public areas where you're you know revealing more than you normally would i guess that's disturbing but not surprising like i know it happens but what surprises me is the frequency in which it happens mm -hmm. and it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise me excuses when 
confronted. Yeah, well, good for her for confronting them. Um, yeah, I I had a roommate who was a security guard at a at the biggest mall in Halifax, and she would tell me that a huge part of their job, like a constant problem, is dealing with creeps being like you know weird around kids in the mall, weird around kids in the bathrooms at the mall. She said it's it's like a constant thing that you know oh. they'll, they'll see someone like playing with themselves uh, sitting on a bench from the cameras and they'll, you know, go kick them out and bar them from the mall or something. That's like a thing that like it happens. And I think people just, you don't even realize it. And if you're at a public pool, like a waiting pool, and there's just some random guy on a bench with a camera, you would, I'd just assume he's, his kids are there or something, but. Well, exactly. That's what I would assume too. I don't think I'd, maybe now that I have kids, I'd give it a second thought, but yeah, I don't know. And and she made a point to no saying um, kids like below the age of five can be nude in public or something. I never knew that, but I wouldn't need to because even when my kid was like three days old, he wouldn't be nude in public. Yeah, that's it's well, it's it's yeah, definitely not here. But like you go to places like Italy and yeah. wherever else and not just kids, but everyone's naked a lot yeah. of the time on beaches and stuff. Yeah. So maybe a cultural ugh. thing, but from, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine that with a, even with a baby, but like if I'm, when my kids were babies, if I was changing their diapers or something, I would still do it somewhere where yeah. people aren't going to see anything. You know, now that you say that I'm, I'm always very surprised and I don't frequent pools too much anymore, beaches for that matter, but I'm always surprised at, like a lot of parents don't really care where they change their their child like mm -hmm. whether whether it's a diaper or just their clothes i'm just like now that i think of it they yeah i've seen lots of parents just like quickly change their mm. their young kids just anywhere yeah it's an interesting like, yeah, don't do that it's an interesting thing because yeah it's like it's natural and you shouldn't have to hide because you're changing your kid's diaper and same with like nursing a baby you know, there's mm -hmm. this whole thing with like, you should be able to just sit down and do it. You should be able to do that. But at the same time, like a part of me would be like, I want to be able to do it here, but I also don't want to do it here because there's so many freaking creeps, you know, and like, to, to like, yeah, would you, would you be comfortable like nursing a baby on a bench in the mall? Um, it, it would depend where the bench was like facing. Okay. And yeah, like I nursed in public a couple weeks ago, but I like went to the back of where we were okay. and then my, ch my chair was to the back of where everyone was. Okay. To be uncomfortable about creeps is one thing, but then there's a different argument about like not being allowed to do it, you know, and that's a whole different thing that's equally oh, yeah. upsetting. So yeah. Um, Anyway, this well, like I used when I served, when I worked in a restaurant, I was always so um, not surprised, but like almost proud of how many women I saw that just didn't care. Yeah, like lots of them would do like the cover. But yeah, lots of them would just nurse and didn't didn't care what really anyone had to say about it, which I was like, that's great. Yeah, I wish. And I always thought I would be that way, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I'm I'm more. I don't know what word to use, but I, not self-conscious. And, and I don't think modest would be the word either, but. Yeah. No, no, not modest. I mean, kids got to eat when the kids got to eat. Yeah, certainly. But, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well. But I would also be a lot more inclined to nurse in front of a room full of women than, than if there was men present. Yeah, especially if they have cameras. 
That's correct. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to read you one story here. Um, this is another, when, when I was putting this collection of stories together, right after I read the story or heard the story of Liz's wading pool creep, I happened upon an article just in the news yesterday from Toronto. I'm going to read it to you. This is from Brampton. Police have charged a 20 year old man after a suspect allegedly followed several women into the rest to the restroom at a recreation center in Brampton, Ontario. Peel Region Police said the incidents occurred between December of 23 and January of 24 at a recreational center. According to the police, one victim said she saw the accused film her. On January 30th, police conducted a search warrant at a home in Brampton, which led to the arrest of a suspect who is employed at the recreation center. Michael Nicholas is now facing eight charges of voyeurism. The charges have yet to be tested in court. Investigators believe there may be other victims and are encouraging anyone who believes they may be victimized to come forward. So it's, you know, that's this whole thing of like rec centers, public pools, you know, it happens. I just, I want to know how these people's brains work because like in public, yes, there's implied consent, but not in a bathroom. Certainly not. Or yeah. Or we had ugh. the story on a past uh, creep encounter where the guy worked at the thrift shop and he was yes. sticking his camera underneath the change rooms, taking pictures of people. What are you thinking? Like, do you think? And do you think you'll get away with it? So weird. Yeah. So creepy. Let's move on to the so next. Creepy. Let's move on to the next collection. So we just did the photography um, portion of the show. Let's go to two random encounters, and then we'll wrap everything up with creeps at work for the random for the random encounters we'll start with ava's walking trail weirdo this is an interesting one because it's going to be one of those like is it a creep or a misunderstanding so you tell me oh i like being the uh the jury on these ones hi so i'm writing in about my walking trail weirdo so basically what happened was my sister and i were walking on a trail a walking trail that we had gone on plenty of times before and it was in the summer, so we were out pretty late, and it was getting dark. We saw somebody ahead of us, and we were like, oh, cool, it's safe to go ahead and walk on the trail instead of taking the main road. So we end up catching up to the guy, and he's probably about 40, and we're like 17, 18 at the time. Um, he starts making small talk with us, like, how's your day? What have you been doing? We tell him we're going home, and he said that he's going home from work. Uh, and we were like, oh, okay, so he's fine. and we keep walking and he's not taking the hint that we were like done with the conversation he's trying to talk to us and he's saying things like oh hey do you want to come kayaking with me do you want to come hike a mountain with me I can show you some cool spots and we just kind of like laugh it off or like no and he's walking like super close to us he's smoking a cigarette and we're just like over it so at the next break in the trail we take off and we're like hey this is our neighborhood it wasn't we just wanted to avoid him so we keep walking and about 10 minutes pass, we get back on the trail thinking he's about 10 minutes ahead of us. So we go up on the trail a little bit farther and we hear like talking and we smell a cigarette and we're like, oh my God, this is that guy. So he's off, like crouched off to the side. He's like hunched down. He's talking on the phone with somebody. He's saying like they and she and like, I don't know. I don't know if he's talking about us. I don't know what his intentions were, if he knew we were behind him, but it was just creepy. So we ended up like backing up. Then we booked it through the woods onto the main road. And yeah, I don't know what his intentions were. It was very creepy. 
So let me know what you think. I forgot when I said at the beginning, is it a creeper misunderstanding? I forgot that he asked them to like come somewhere with him. Uh, that alone is creepy. If if you're an adult and you're talking to a kid, if it's anything more than, how you doing? That's right. Then it becomes- and also, I trust uh, her intuition. Her spidey senses were tingling. He was probably a creep. Yeah. Uh, you got to go with your gut. I guess the possible misunderstanding is that phone call that she heard him on the phone. You know, maybe he was talking like, we can abduct these people, you know, she and them, this sort of thing. But it was maybe just an unrelated phone call. But I think just the idea that a man would run into two young g- girls in a secluded area and say anything more than like, nice day, isn't it, girls? Have a great walk. Yeah. Anything more than that is like, whoa, that's creepy. Even to Don't light a cigarette. them anywhere. Yeah, even to light Don't. a cigarette in front of them. I would just wait like, oh, I'm near these kids. Let's just wait till I'm not near them to smoke. And yeah, like it sounds like there, there shouldn't have been any misconception on how old they were. Like he, he did not think that they were close to his age and he was, yeah, that's just definitely yeah. certified creep. Uh, they did the right thing though by just getting off the trail getting the hell away yeah. from that guy if you know if your spider sense is telling you something's not right then get the hell out of there oh yeah don't don't even chance it yeah you might be wrong but don't chance it yeah it's worth a little like um detour to not get yeah who knows use your imagination uh let's get to let's get in the back of a cab with christy and hear about her creepy cre- her creepy cab ride here it comes so i'm from the uk um, England. My name's Kirsty. Uh, so my story happened around 16 years ago. So I think I was 19 or 20 at the time. Uh, I was going into town to meet some friends for a night out. Um, you know, night out clubbing. So I was wearing a short skirt and a tight top. Uh, I called the taxi service that I normally call. I booked a taxi and I think the first mistake I made was getting in to the front seat or the front passenger seat. Um, and then well, from then on, it went downhill. Um, the taxi driver proceeded to ask me whether I had a boyfriend or whether I was meeting a boyfriend in town. Um, he commented on what I was wearing really inappropriate. I felt really awkward, um, but I didn't know how to say that I was uncomfortable um, because I felt like I was being rude. Um, And also because I was quite scared because this has never happened to me before. Uh, He then started asking me uh, about my sex life and what sort of positions I like. And I just was kind of nervously laughing, thinking, well, I've got another 15 minutes of this uh, trip. Hopefully we can just get there. So we get there after a 20 minute ride. um, And yeah, so it ruined my night. Uh, I spent about half an hour with my friends before I said to them that I'd experienced a very uncomfortable experience with the taxi driver and that I was actually just upset and wanted to go home so I did go home and um I wish I'd reported it but I don't know whether it was because I was so young I just didn't bother I don't know but um anyway 
Thank you for listening to my story. Mm. That's awful. That escalated quick. Yeah. Um, oh. I couldn't tell. Was she? I think she was alone in the cab, which. That's what I got. Yeah. Getting in the. Yeah. She says, like, my first mistake was getting in the front seat. Uh, yeah, I will never get in the front seat with a cabbie. I've always, I would always get in the back. I think I have gotten into the front seat before. But would that be when there's other people with you and they're all in the back, so you hop in the front? No. No? I think sometimes I, well, I don't want to feel like he's my chauffeur. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Oh my God. That poor girl. Either way, none of it's her mistake. This guy like. No, no, no. I think he, he would have done it wherever she sat. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, and then it's just closer to him up there, which is. Yeah. In arm's reach. Um, yeah. She says like, I wish I had reported it. I wonder if anything would have happened here in Halifax. There's several like high profile stories over the last five or 10 years of cabbies being arrested for sexual assault. And it doesn't seem like anything happens. And these aren't like the cabbie saying inappropriate stuff. This is like, you know, I woke up in the back seat with the cat, you know, these horrible these stories oh of gosh. rape, you know, like that <sighs> is like a thing in Halifax. There's been several, just for whatever reason, several stories uh, of that, that made it into the news. But um, I have a feeling if she called and reported it, I don't know what would have happened. I'd be more surprised if something did. Because it's it's usually the age-old tale of, well, it's your word against his. That Yeah, I'm sure his version yeah. of what happened would be completely different. I said she had a nice dress on. What's the big deal? Mm. Yeah, oh, so gross. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't tell me that these weirdos that sexually harass young women like this, you can't tell me they're not picking up on the uncomfortableness. Like, you know you're making her uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, there's other issues there. Yeah, like, yeah, good point. You, you can't pick up certain cues. Mm. Yeah, then maybe you should be working like alone with the public in a confined exactly. space. Yeah. Oh, oh, gross. Uh, and like it ruined her night. Yeah, that that's, sucks. That's awful. Yeah. But I can see how if you're going like, you know, oh, partying or, you know, whatever, and spirits are high, all it one awful experience like that is just going to put a dark oh, cloud totally. over it. Well, and, ugh, I hope she took the metro home. Let's move on to stories of not being confined in a cab with a creep, but confined in an office or a workplace. Oh. Do you want to go to a pet store? Uh, do you want to go back to the UK? Or just hear a generic creepy American story? Give me the pet store. Good, I like this one. Uh, this one is maybe an introduction to our new spin-off series called Encounters with Assholes, because I don't know if this guy is a creep or an asshole. Here it comes. So years ago, I worked at a pet value, which is just like a pet supply store. And I'm standing there at the front counter like I do every day. This guy comes in and he asks, excuse me, can I get a cup of water? And being a pet retail store, we don't have cups of water. I say, no, sorry. And before I can tell him that the Quiznos next door will give him a cup of water for free, he says, well, what would you say if I was a dog? And wanting to play along, because this guy just came in with a weird energy to start with, I said, well, I'd say there's a bowl of water on the floor you can drink. And before myself or the other customer in the store know what's happening, this guy picks up the dish of dog water, 
by the front door and chugs it down in the middle of July in Ottawa, filled with slobber. And then, before I even register what happened, he calls me a bitch and he left the store never to be seen again. (laughs) That guy got a story to tell. What was going on in his life that day? I don't know, and I don't want to know, but he is unhinged. Is is he a creep or an asshole? Or he, Yeah, he is a creep. That's a creepy thing to do. He's an asshole for calling her a bitch. And he's just, what word am I looking for here? Unhinged yeah. for that kind of behavior. And why would you that go in a was pet... your solution? Yeah, why would you go in a pet store and ask for a glass of water? That, that is and weird. There's a Quiznos right beside you? Well, he, I'm sh- maybe he was there right before. If he wants to drink dog slobber, have at her. Yeah, but but I think just as everything plays out in the story, she comes out winning anyway. She because she has the best line of the whole thing. Like he's like, "Well, what if I was a dog?" She's like, "Well, I tell you to drink from that bowl on the floor." Which I'm so glad she it, said. It's at that point he should have been like bitch and left. <laughs> but then he yeah, exactly he loses it by he loses the competition or this little bad vibe battle by picking up the dirty water and drinking it she, oh. i would have just been so confused like what is even happening like, you know you're hurting you and not me right yeah. like <laughs> i'm gonna refill that for the next dog oh oh that's so that's so gross and just so weird yeah i wouldn't yeah i don't know if he's a creep per se like kind of on the spectrum i guess but uh definitely a weirdo yeah definitely something something's something's wrong upstairs lights are on but no one's home okay here's here's a good one this is uh kate in the uk uh, she's relaying a story that a friend relayed to her so this is i guess like a third party a third third person what would you call that a third person creep third. story yeah that sounds right but it's so good that we got to do it here it comes and this it actually can in the uh, thinking of what we just heard, this also inv- involves this sort of battle. Like, well, what will you do if I do this? Listen to this. So hello, Jordan. This is Kate from the UK again. I have a nighttime creep story. It's not my story. It is my work, my friend's work creep story. So she works for quite a formal business. We're talking, you know, suit and tie attire. And during the pandemic, when everyone over to Zoom, she did have this one colleague that would frequently turn up to meetings shirtless, you know, just, and I'm saying this in inverted commons, been to the gym, and she'd have to ask him to put a shirt on. Now, as things progressed, he sent a company all email saying that he was a nudist, that HR had approved this, and he would from now on be coming naked to work both online and in real life. Now, this made me giggle somewhat because I had this image of him getting the tube to his workplace in a suit and tie and then undressing as he walked into the office. Now, my friend was quite, um, you know, dismayed at this. and She did not want to see um, his meeting to Yvette. So she contacted HR and it turned out that they had not give him, given him permission to send this email, nor had they approved his nudity at work now it turns out he'd sent oh i should probably add the word allegedly just to stop us all being sued now he had sent hr this you know 
three-page manifesto about how nudity was his right and if they didn't let him be nude they'd be breaking the law. Now unfortunately for him the right to swing free is not a protected class and he you know had to tuck that tuck that hmm, small boy away shall we say. Now HR uh, notoriously uh, don't like to get into any kind of legal issues so they had tried compromising with him saying that he could maybe be nude via zoom but he would not turn his camera on now this was not good enough for him he needed people to see that he was naked now to me this is the first clue that maybe this wasn't so much about his right to be nude but his right to intimidate and impose his will on other people because you can just bet during those calls, all of a sudden he needed to just, you know, stand up and get something from just behind him. It also turns out on talking to somebody else that knew him outside of the office that back when he was at university, he had been allegedly arrested for exposing himself to a woman. Now, that to me also suggests that there's a lot more going on than um, just being nude. This has much more sinister and creepy connotations so now eventually this was resolved by him leaving the company um but creeps everywhere you're not even safe at whack thanks um i do applaud him for sending out the company a wide email being like hr said that it's okay i'm a nudist <laughs> like it's a kind of like a religious thing i guess i'll be naked and hr is like no, we didn't. <laughs> I wonder if he included them on the email. They're like, wait a sec. Who? <laughs> there's only CC HR. Yeah, there's only two of us here, and I'm sure it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, there's something wrong. There's that's like a narcissism thing, or uh, I don't a power thing. Like I don't a, know. Yeah, like a, is there such thing as like an an assertive narcissist or an aggressive kinky narcissist? I'm sure there is. Because that's but that's just and what an odd thing to. Yeah. And, and to take the route, like COVID made everybody crazy, uh, that, that era. And this seems to be, it, it's a lot of the story is set in that. And during like COVID, there was a lot of discussion about like freedom and rights. Somehow in this man's head, oh. it became like, I have the right to be nude at work. I, w I will wear a mask when I'm in, but that's it. And, and please sanitize. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, it just, it seems like it's like this weird perverted, like if you took like the whole COVID uh, social distancing and all this stuff and put it in a blender with like, I don't know, the, uh, the obsession with having random people see you naked, like something like this would come out. Like it is my human right and if you impede that, then I will sue you. I will be naked at work. HR said it's good. <laughs> this sounds like something, if you put all of that into like an AI generated system, this is what it would spit out. <laughs> Weird UK nudist guy. <laughs> God. Oh, what, yeah. What? No, time and place. And that was neither. Him leaving was a, uh, that made it a lot easier on everybody. Do you think he used them as a reference? <laughs> can I, before I go? Yeah, he probably my, did. And they're, <laughs> they're like, we'll give you a really good one. Like, this yeah. guy's awesome. We're going to be sad. A raving review. <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah, we wish him the best at your office. <laughs> uh, let's end it with Cam's 
creepy coworker. This will be our last story of the evening. Here it comes. Well, coworkers are always, these are always good. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Madeline. This is a listener calling in from New Hampshire, and I have a story that you need to hear. I'm going to call him Joe, and we can reference Joe from the show You, because this was his vibe. I worked in a grocery store years ago. I don't work there anymore. This older guy in his 50s started working there as well. First time he came in, he stated he was like a customer for a long time. He knew everyone, including the girls who worked there, including me. I literally had no idea who he was. And he'd be like, I remember you. Following the weeks into him working there, this guy got the reputation from most other people that he was a little weird. And he never technically did anything. Quotations. He just was weird. But his comments seemed to escalate to the point where that was his reputation. He made several statements to me about his personal life. He was with his older mom and his sister, and he'd call her like his baby sister. If any girl walked by, he would stare. He would stare like he didn't care if anyone saw him staring. His jaw would basically drop to the floor if any girl or woman walked by. Shorts, dress, leggings, you're in a jacket, it didn't matter, he was staring. He had like a Joe Goldberg moment. He would follow them around with his eyes and conveniently be where they were around the counter. And eventually management got involved because nobody wanted to work with him, including me. He was called in and he was told he needed to stop talking to certain people. And this was his final warning, which that's not going to stop him from being a weirdo. So like a year goes by of this. And Joe keeps getting away with being a weirdo, even though there's probably not a single person in the store that hadn't complained about him, including customers. I have no idea why he never got fired. It seemed like everything he did was his final warning. I'm just going to jump straight into the one thing that really weirded me out. I was walking by on break after, you know, a period of time, him being told he shouldn't speak to me. He was stalking the shelves, and he stops me to say, like, oh, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, okay. And he's just said something like, I was folding or putting my shirts together last night. Just something like that. His work shirt specifically. And I pulled a long blonde hair off of it. And I'm just kind of like standing there like, is this really happening? And it just made it sound like he was talking to me because I had long blonde hair. I just kind of walked away. So it was a joke between me and my coworkers that he would like keep samples of other people's hair. And he's just done things like this to other people. He would say weird things like, You like that, huh? And he would say it in a way like, You like that? And it was just always his catchphrase and it made me laugh, but it was just so awkward. Some people have tried taking videos of him checking people out while he's working and someone I know who has worked there has a couple of him doing it to her. It's like a super funny joke but such a messed up concept that that even exists. I don't work there anymore like I said so I hope someone listening can relate to how some people get to get away with their creepiness and you're just left to hope that no one else has to deal with him. I love your podcast. I hope you all don't have a Joe Goldberg working where you do. 
bye. You like that? Oh, huh? I can hear. I can hear so him saying it. Gross. Yeah, just on like this. The idea of just him undressing them with his eyes all the time, and and the, these are these kind of like micro creeps for the most part that are all around yeah. these. You know, checking you out and looking you up and down, undressing you with his eyes, or, say, or saying oh. something that's not like overtly sexual, but you know it is. Like you like that, huh? Yeah. Oh, that is so gross. And of course, he's like in his fifties, and oh, just well. And I just don't understand why employers. This is a tale as old as time. Why don't these employers utilize the fact that they can let someone go in the probationary period mm, like we point. knew in the first three months he was an issue get him out of here don't don't let him keep working here yeah but like is it hard though if they're not like i guess the whole aside from the whole probationary period thing but if someone is they're not like jumping way across the line they're just kind of walking on that line and making people feel uncomfortable could you win a case if you uh, for wrongful dismissal or something for that because i feel I like do, a lot I, of people get away with being that way i think if it's within the probationary period you don't need a reason i don't think so either and, and i guess you that's that's the point of the probationary the yeah it can be simply that it just doesn't fit our work culture right you know that's exactly you it, can let them down easy yeah but and, but if you stay on past that and keep them you'll then, never get rid of them. yeah and it's this the last person you want is some guy like this just making like he's just a like a sexual harassment uh case waiting to happen just will he go yes. that far or will he just kind of tiptoe around it the, the whole thing with the hair that was creepy well this just it reminds me of at a place i used to work Cust some of the customers were weird and yeah, like a few of the staff members, even one of our bosses, it was kind of like, you're being creepy. But it was, it was lighthearted enough that we could tell him he was being creepy. Mm -hmm. And maybe he thought we were joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, very serious. But this like, I, I did my clothes last night and I found a long blonde hair. And you're like, oh shit, like I have long blonde hair. And it even smelled like you. Like, please don't frame me for murder. <laughs> well, <laughs> Your next or murder, like, just don't do place any that hair. weird things with my hair. Just like throw it away. My poor hair. <laughs> and why are you telling me this? <laughs> oh, I hate this guy. I once worked with this weirdo. Um, and th thankfully, this is not my story. I try not to tell stories that aren't mine. But um, yeah, he was just weird. And I'm pretty sure uh, he had a drinking problem. But I th and I'm pretty sure we let him go just because he was so weird and whatever. But he ended up calling the store and speaking to another woman I worked with who was closer to his age, which is great. But he and it was just so strange because he like asked her out on the condition she changed her hairstyle. Well, I guess it, at least that lets her know right now that don't waste your time with this guy like because that's he's insane yeah that's gonna get a lot worse <laughs> yeah oh yeah he was uh he was different for sure but i i could tell you lots of stories from that era of my life <laughs> well let's start wrapping this one up we've been through more than enough creep encounters for one day we've called out to people who work or have worked at photo labs we believe you have a cache of creep encounter stories we want to hear let's get at us Oh, and they're going to start flooding in. I think we will. Because like, that was, uh, nowadays it wouldn't be a big employer, but a lot of people in the 80s, 90s would have had a job at, like, I worked fast food, then I was at a photo lab, you know, talking about when they were younger or something. I, I could see those stories coming in. 
Well, and stories like this stick with you. Mm -hmm. You don't forget about, you know how they say uh, people never forget how you make them feel mm -hmm. or whatever. When you're creeped out, you don't forget. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. We do get a lot. Of, like sometimes we're like last we, we get stories where it's like last week this happened. But we do often get in 1996 when I was 18. You know, we get these they, old but stories. They probably even remember the date mm -hmm. because trauma stays with us. What a shame. All right, well, Madeline, it's uh, we got through it. It's been fun. Some of them have, were fun. I was going to say some of them were fun. Some of them were pretty heavy this time. But uh, as long as there's a few we can laugh at, I'm, I'm okay. I want to thank you for joining Madeleine Klein and I for this episode of Nighttime. Now, I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but before I do, I have some thanks. First, a huge and sincere thanks to everyone who took their time to share their creep encounters with us. These stories, as always, serve as a great reminder to keep our eyes open and our wits about us. To any other listeners out there who think they have a story to share, we're going to be doing a whole bunch more episodes in this series, and we'd love to feature your story. You can share it with us by using the app built into nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. So if you got something to share, go to my site now. The voice recorder is easy to use. And if you make any mistakes or misspeak, don't worry, because I'm going to edit before it goes to air, and I'll make sure you sound your best. We're excited to hear from you. Next, I have a big thanks to Monty Data for contributing the music for this series and LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast who provides my intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to the show, as without your interest and your support, nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. On the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Gail, Adam, and Tiffany, I appreciate you. For anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but the premium feed also gives you access to the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of episodes. If that sounds like something you're interested in, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and warning all your friends about the creeps out there. We appreciate your support growing this. Now until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything creepy. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.